If you're applying to PA school in the 2024-2025 cycle, then I need you to know about our Pre-PA Academy. This is a group coaching program that I have wanted to start for so long and I am pumped. So from February to October of this cycle, we will be working as a cohort through the entire application process. The way that Academy works is we'll have three to four weekly sessions with myself and the other PA platform coaches where we will be teaching and doing group work and live personal statement editing, live mock interviews, question and answer, office hours, virtual shadowing, and just walking you through this entire PA school application process. We're going to start from your personal statement, choosing the programs, making a school list, getting your application ready before it opens in April on CASPA to getting you ready for interviews, what to do if you're hearing back, what to do if you're not. This is like our webinar series, but so much more intimate. Talking to students who have joined the program, it really seems like they are most excited for the accountability, the support, and the community through this process, and that is exactly what I wanted to offer. It's going to be great. It's going to be fun. I promise. And we're just going to have a good time getting to know each other and working through it together and learning from each other. I want you guys to learn from each other in the program. You can sign up at any time. The code, if you want $50 off of your registration, is HELLO24. And we would love to have you as part of our first cohort of Pre-PA Academy for this upcoming cycle. All right, y'all. Ariel is awesome. She is a current PA student, a single mom. She was in podiatry school for a while. She has a great story, and I'm excited to share her tips with you. Welcome to the Pre-PA Club Podcast. If you want to learn how to become a physician assistant, you're in the right place. I'm your host, Savannah Perry. Let's get to it. I want to thank My PA Resource and PA School Prep for sponsoring the Pre-PA Club podcast. So My PA Resource is a personal statement editing service that edits only PA school essays, only edited by PAs, and most of us have admissions experience. So I am one of the editors. Definitely check them out if you need help with your content, grammar, flow, making sure that you are on track for turning in your application. And you can use the code FUTUREPA for a discount on any of their service options. PA School Prep is an online course that focuses on the anatomy, physiology, and med terms that you'll need for PA school to make sure you feel confident going into that first semester and that you are able to handle what PA school throws at you. So check that out at paschoolprep.com and also use the code FUTUREPA for a discount there. Merry Christmas if you are listening to this in real time. I am definitely recording recording this way before Christmas, but I hope everyone has had a great December and this holiday season has been weird and so it's okay if you have felt different about it, if it's been harder to celebrate um, or get in a, a holiday spirit. Um, totally get it. So, um, anyway, but today is technically Christmas if you're listening to this in real time. Um, other than that, so thank you for being here. Thank you for tuning into the podcast. I am thankful for all of you guys who listen to this and 
listen to me go on and on about PA things. My husband keeps asking, Can you, are, do you still have things to talk about? Like you've been doing this a while. And I think I do, right? Or at least I have people to talk to like Ariel today. Um, so I am just so happy that, you know, this community has been such a great blessing to me. And I just love hearing from you guys, hearing about your acceptances, getting to, you know, learn about your stories. It's, it's so much fun for me. Um, so again, just thank you for that. All right, we'll get into our interview with Ariel. Um, her story is just, I think, so encouraging. And so I think this is a good one for today. If you are feeling discouraged by the PA process, um, maybe feeling like it's overwhelming or not for you, or I don't know, just if you're, if you're feeling stressed out right now, I think you're going to get a lot out of this episode because um, Ariel is a single mom. She has a four-year-old daughter. Um, she is in in PA school now in Texas and um, she just I wouldn't say she's had it necessarily easy and so she is sharing her story she also has her own podcast too so I want to make sure I mention that and the link will be in the description Um, but her podcast is called Becoming a PA and um, she shares actually like through PA school her experience which is great and something I totally wish I could have done but um, I admire everyone who is so she is documenting her journey through PA school and has tons of advice and just tips for you guys that I think you will appreciate um, also the pre-PA conference is in two weeks oh my gosh oh, I am so excited for it so it's I think I forgot to mention this a while back but it's on January 2nd um, so a great way to start the new year and you can use the code future PA for five dollars off the registration we are gonna have so many great giveaways and just shout outs and Oh, it's going to be so good. So we have a lot of amazing PAs um, that you will probably recognize from social media if you're on Instagram who have agreed to come and talk about their experience as students and talk about their experience as PAs. And all of that is on the website. So if you go to prepaconference.com, you'll see the information there with the schedule and what it's going to look like. So this is an all virtual conference conference um from eight to five and we'll give you a break for lunch it's it's an all-day thing but there is a replay so if you don't want to sit there all day or you're working and can't make it if you are signed up you will get that replay link um sent to you so yeah so prepaconference.com the link is in the description and i am so excited to see you there all right let's get into our interview with ariel and i hope you enjoy this if you have any that you would like to hear in the new year please please let me know reach out on instagram at the pa platform and i'll make it happen um i'm ariel and i'm a current pa student at the ut health science center in san antonio texas i'm in my second semester just chugging along <laughs> in pa school um outside of pa school i'm also a mother to an amazing four-year-old daughter and I'm 27, I'm from Texas, I'm I'm from San Antonio actually, so yeah, just living the PA life. Yeah, how has that been with, we'll, we'll get jump into more of your story, but how has that been with COVID? Has that affected your schooling? It has, yes. Um, not all bad, I try to see the positive in it sometimes, yeah. like it's nice to be 
able to do classes at home and be in the comfort of my home and, you know, just everything that goes along with that. But it did affect, um, especially our first semester, instead of having that cadaver lab for anatomy, we didn't get it at all. <sighs> so it was, yeah, so that completely changed that whole perspective. And we were 100% online the entire first semester. So it was actually kind of funny because even though we've already been in school with each other for a semester, and me and my classmates have like known each other via the yeah. internet, we didn't meet in person and for the first time until this semester because now we're allowed to go twice a week for our clinical skills and patient eval. So it was very strange, that weird feeling like, I know you, but I really don't. Yeah. Like, yeah. Such so, strange yeah. times. <laughs> so not so unexpected. Um, <laughs> making the best of it. You know? Right. That's all you can do. All right. Well, let's jump back a little bit. Um, I want to hear about just kind of your interest in medicine and what brought you to the PA profession. Sure. So unlike most people, I actually did grow up knowing what a PA was uh, because my dad is a PA and he actually was in PA school when I was born. So literally my entire life, he's been a PA. He was in nephrology for a while. Now he's in uh, primary care. So I grew up being able to kind of see like the behind the scenes of a PA life, like actually seeing the quote unquote work-life balance and the family aspect and everything. So PA was something that was always on my radar, but I wasn't like dead set. Like I know I want to be a PA and only a PA. I knew I wanted to be in the medical field. My mom is an ultrasound tech. So I also, um, you know, dabbled with that as well. And just all the aspects of medicine, it was just really, really interesting to me. But I originally started undergrad as pre-med, did the whole bachelor's in biology route, all of that fun stuff, the fun MCAT and everything. That goes oh along. gosh, you like really did it. Yeah, oh yeah, no, the whole, the whole nine. So um, I actually ended up pursuing podiatry because like similar to PA, it allows you to be a provider and help patients, but with also more of a work-life balance, I feel, than like other um, traditional medical routes, being like a traditional MD or DL. And it was just a good fit for me at the time. Uh, so I actually was in podiatry school when I was wow. 22. Um, yeah, so I was going along that route. And then I guess God had a different plan for me. And I ended up finding out I was going to be a mom in the in the middle of podiatry school in New York City. So really, really crazy times. Um, I had to kind of pivot. I, I was granted a medical leave of absence. So I was thinking about going back. However, after my daughter was born, just the thought of uprooting her and living in New York. Her dad and I were together at the time. Even then, all of the debt I was going to be in and New York City isn't really the place that you would find ideal for starting a family. So I kind of pivoted, switched routes, um, pursued another passion of mine, which is teaching and ended up getting my master's in education, being a teacher for a little bit. And um, meanwhile, forward to today, I still couldn't give up that dream in the back of my head of, of medicine and just that desire to, to be a provider and to help, you know, patients in the medical field, although I did love teaching as well, but I just couldn't, something in me just couldn't give it up. 
and um, yeah, I decided to to see what would happen if I did apply to be a PA. And um, of course, I knew that it was something that could be done with a family, um, since my dad did it when I was an infant. And even though I'm a woman, I'm like, hey, it's 2020, you know, <laughs> equal equal rights over here. So I was like, what's the worst that can happen? Let me just try and see. And didn't even expect to get in, uh, to be completely honest, but here I am. So. Oh my gosh, I have so many questions. It's uh, <laughs> like a, a zigzag path, but you, you got here. Um, okay, so just quick question. How long is podiatry school? So it's uh, similar to medical school in that it's four years. Okay. And then you do a three-year surgical residency. So. Oh, wow. So that was like a long, longer path. Yeah, and I just okay. didn't feel comfortable, you know, essentially not spending any time with my daughter for the first seven years of her life. So that's hard. Oh, okay. I also want to know, so your dad being a PA and being both in medicine and in the PA profession for so long, what were his thoughts? Like, was he like, go do what you want? Or was he like, don't do PA, do PA? Like, was there any, like, I'm interested to see since he's probably seen it change so much. Like, what his opinion was almost 30 years yeah yeah so he's always genuinely loved his job like I've never heard him once complain about any part of his job really so he he definitely encouraged me to pursue what I want um however he he I think my family was kind of like the traditional family where even though like my dad loved being a PA and of course for your children you always quote unquote want more quote unquote um, so they were kind of driving that driving force to be like, oh, you should be a physician. Whereas like me in my heart, I would have loved to just been a PA from the beginning. But I think part of that, you know, pressure from family and wanting, I'm a big, like trying to work on not being a people pleaser. But back when I was, you know, just a young adult, you know, you kind of want to please your family. And like I said, I've always been an interest in medicine. So I was willing to go whichever route, you know, ended up working best for me. And at the time, that was podiatry school. Um, so they were, you know, they were really proud, though, despite whichever way I ended up. And I dabbled in a little bit of everything during undergrad. So, yeah, but now it ended up fitting that I'm following in his footsteps. <laughs> and, of course, he couldn't be more proud to have me join along. Yes, that's so cool. <laughs> that yeah. is so cool. That's what, That's interesting. So, yeah, my dad will still say, like, so when are you going back to get your doctorate? And I'm like, never unless someone else is paying for it. Like, I'm good. I'm good. Yeah, like, I want to be a PA. And, and honestly, back in the day, too, I, I didn't even think that if I applied to PA school, even back then, that I would get in, which is crazy because people are like, but, but isn't medical school harder to get into? And I'm like, but honestly, if you think about the numbers-wise, PA schools are smaller, they accept less people, and they have just as many applicants. Hard, yeah. So, I was very intimidated by that too. So, yeah, no, for sure. <laughs> um, okay, so once, okay, so you were teaching, yeah, and then you decided, like, okay, not completely fulfilled. I got to go towards PA school. What steps did you have to take? Like, what did you have to do to make that happen? Yeah. So, thankfully. I call myself like the traditional turn non-traditional student. So unlike many non-traditional students who their undergrad is in something maybe completely different outside of medicine and they have to take a lot of prereqs mm-hmm. that they didn't have 
as part of their bachelor degree. Thankfully, I did have my biology degree. So I had all of the prereqs except for microbiology. So I knew, okay, well, first off, let me start there. Let me take a microbiology class, get that out of the way and see if I, you know, still had it in me because education classes are a lot different than, um, than science classes, which I learned that. I was like, okay, let me see if I can still do this, you know? Granted, I had graduated undergrad in like 2014. Okay. So it was like 2016 when I was um, in education and then 2018 when I did the microbiology class. And that went well. I ended the course with an A and I was like, okay, maybe, maybe I've still got it in me. This is a good sign. So I did that and also at the same time, did some shadowing, of course, with my dad being a PA, I was able to do a lot of shadowing with him, thankfully, in his, in his clinic with other providers yeah. there too. And at the same time, volunteering with my church to get back into that volunteering and get those hours as well. And I had, um, thankfully as well, when I was pre-med, I was a medical scribe. So all of those counted towards my uh, healthcare experience hours. And some schools actually, I guess, counted that towards the patient care or, you know, or they, they didn't have a problem with the fact that that was what my experience was in. So yeah, I didn't have to do too, too much, but those were the steps that I did take to kind of get back into the medical route and apply to PA school. Nice, okay, so when it came time to apply, um, what did that look like as far as like choosing programs and how many programs, like what were you looking for in a PA program? Sure. So now that I am a parent, I did make sure that I was being practical in my, in my uh, application process as well. I knew I wasn't going to go live in New York city again. That's just not, you know, <laughs> being a simple 21 year old versus being a mom at 27, it's a different lifestyle there. Yeah. <laughs> so I did apply to almost all except for one of the schools in Texas. Thankfully, Texas has a good amount of mm -hmm. programs. So I was really wanting to stay in state, keep the costs down. And I did apply to all of those. The only one that I didn't was because, like I said, I was traditional turned untraditional. So some of my coursework was too old for their requirements. And I wasn't gonna take anatomy all over again and all these other courses just for one school. And then I did apply also to two schools in Alabama because I have, my mom is from Alabama. So I have a bunch of extended family over there, another second support system. So I knew that that was another option for me as well. Nice, my extended family's from Alabama too, so. Uh, okay, yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. different than Texas, but I love it. I, yes, I love it. very different from Georgia too, but no, it's fun. <laughs> um, all right, so then, okay, so you applied to how many programs? It ended up being a total of nine. Okay, what what did that look like as far as what were the results? Uh, so I applied to all nine, and I considered that my, like, lucky number because when I was applying to podiatry school, a little-known fact, there's only nine, or at least at that time, there may be more now, there's only nine programs in the country. For oh, podiatry. wow. I didn't yeah. know that. That seems like so... Yeah, not a lot. Like, that's crazy. Exactly. You would think there would be more. I mean, yeah. there's so many programs over like 300, but there's only nine podiatry schools. So oh. I figured this is my lucky number and, you know, maybe it's a good omen, right? So I applied to nine. 
I was thankfully and shockingly to myself invited to interview at seven out of the nine. And um, I, I accepted the first two and actually attended those. And I was also very thankful to have been accepted at both of the two that I did attend the interview. And so after that, to save money on costs from travel and all of that, because it was before COVID and you actually were going in person. So I declined the following five interviews after that. Wow, that is so impressive. Um, what do you think? And maybe they told you, or maybe you just know, but like, what do you think landed you those interviews? Like what stood out on your application? Yeah, I know. I was very shocked, to be honest. I wasn't, like I said, I, I went into this thinking, you know, a lot of people have to apply again. Mm -hmm. and, and I felt, you know, I'm, you know, I'm trying to get back into things. Yeah, nobody thinks they're going to get in. <laughs> many voices of self-doubt you know so then when I started getting invited I was like oh okay maybe maybe there's all right all right let's go with this and um honestly they never really told me but I I would imagine that maybe it was um when I was an undergrad I did do really really well like I was that driven type a you know that stereotypical pre-med young I'm totally different now I'm much more chill <laughs> I'm a mom now, so I realize, you know, life. Nothing is in our control. Exactly. <laughs> That's how I feel. I'm I'm more chill now too. And my parents, like, my family's like, "What happened to you?" And I'm like, "I think I got old and had a child." Exactly, it changes you. Yeah. Completely. But yeah, back then I was really like, I was that person who was like, "Oh, sorry, I can't go out with you. Like, to hang out on weekends. I've got to study." And so I did really stay focused with school and I was able to keep my GPA pretty competitive and I was able to somehow graduate a year early. So I think on top of all of that, it just kind of showed like while I was also working like multiple part-time jobs. So I think they were able to see like that I was able to handle stuff like that. And then I think at the same time, having a graduate degree and something outside of the medical field also probably piqued their interest too because it not only let them know like even though I you know I did that when my daughter was five months old when I enrolled wow. in school yeah so I think it kind of proved to them like even though I am a mom now I can still handle being a student too and it, I think it just gave me another perspective because I can also put my like teacher hat on and see things from that and everything that I learned along that way so I think it made me kind of stand out a little more to be traditional and non-traditional. It sounds very well-rounded. Like you have yeah. kind of a little bit of everything. Um, so let's talk about being a mom and how that played into first your applications. Is that something that you talked about at all in your personal statement or interviews? I get a lot of questions of people like, should I bring up that I have a family? Should I bring up that I'm a parent? Um, what was your approach? Yeah, that was something that I debated too, because you never know what schools are going to think and if they have had experiences with, you know, parents, students or not. So I, I did struggle with like, should I mention it? Should I not? But then I felt almost weird to not mention it in my, in my personal statement because being a mom is such a big part of my life and I do fully identify myself as being a mother. So I felt, you know, if I was being a little fake if I didn't mention it and it's such a big part of me that I did end up not, you know, it wasn't the entirety of my 
personal statement, but I did have a line in there about how I am a mother and, you know, how that plays into my desires to go into medicine and like just how that's shaped who I am today. And thankfully, you know, that didn't seem to deter the schools from wanting to get to know me and to invite me for interviews. So I did, I did mention that in my personal statement. Uh, I don't think it did come up during any of the interviews exactly, but it was there in the personal statement. So Okay, so they were they were aware. Um, yeah. Has that like, okay, so now being in PA school, how have you how have you found a balance? Is it you know, using support system, being organized, like what has helped you manage student life and mom life? Yeah, it, it was it was very intimidating to me, I'm not going to lie, because not only am I a, I'm a mother, but I'm a single mother, so it's like, I don't know, it's, it, it was very, very intimidating to me before I started, just like thinking about it, like how am I going to balance spending time with my daughter and and schoolwork because, you know, I knew I had done grad school before, of course, but PA school is like a beast unlike no other. Yes. So I definitely was like, okay, I need to get a plan of action so that way I can try to take this on as best as possible. <laughs> so I definitely um, decided to reach out for help in my support system ahead of time. And I did make a plan with just family members like my mother, my ex-mother-in-law, just family members who were willing to help me out maybe like one Saturday, you know, take turns so that way I could spend, a majority of my Saturdays I spend studying. And um, that has been really helpful along with, my daughter does go to pre-K, so thankfully during the week, I have that time to be in Zoom school and then study on my own before I pick her up. And yeah, I definitely had to learn how to reach out for help and to fully embrace the whole, it takes a village um, <laughs> mindset. Because I know when she was first born, I was that mom who was like, no, she's my daughter. It's my responsibility, you know, but I've, I've definitely come around and I'm thankful that I did because I wouldn't be able to do it without my village, you know? Yeah, no, that's hard, especially when they're like older. I feel like a, like a newborn would be easier because they don't really do much versus like when they're old like my two-year-old will not let me get on my phone or my computer she she doesn't want me on them and so she like recognizes that that's like when I'm working and so it gets so hard um uh, yeah but it's been honestly it's been better than what I I think I scared myself more than it actually has been an issue like it's thankfully been a lot better than I had even thought it was going to be. So I'm very thankful for that. It hasn't been a huge issue. And my daughter's been very flexible and like children are very, they adjust really well more than we give them credit. And and she's been really, really good about the adjustment. Yeah, and it's, so. I think it's good for them to see us working and studying and doing those things. And like ultimately like you're doing it for her and it'll be such a great thing. Um, exactly. for her and for you because you'll be happy <laughs> exactly. yeah. yeah but okay so how what has been so far I guess the most either difficult or surprising thing about PA school like the one thing that you wish you knew before you started sure uh, I think for me the hardest part was definitely just adjusting to it because like I said of course you know I'd been to school before I'd even been to grad school before but 
PA school is not like anything else that you can experience. Really, it's genuinely not. And I know everyone says that, but it's because it's true. So that was really hard for me, just being able to balance like and figure out how much I needed to study. And if I did have free time to do something outside of school and mom life and stuff like that. So I was, it was a lot more stressful last semester, my first semester. Whereas this semester, I feel like I've kind of found my groove and I've got that that balance now that I know, okay, this is how much I can be studying for this and still make the grade that I want to. And I do have time to, you know, maybe go see a movie with my friends and stuff like that. Whereas last semester, I was almost like afraid that if I did anything else, I would fail or something, you know? So it was, it was very scary just getting used to it and, and letting myself know like, you're gonna be okay, you're doing this, like your grades are fine. And I think after a whole semester of that, I finally proved to myself like, okay, maybe, you know, this is gonna be fine. Like you don't have to be so uptight about it and, and you can find that balance. So I've definitely been working on maintaining a balance between my daughter and, you know, free time and studying of course in school and just trying to have a life while in PA school a little bit, which I think is possible if you can balance everything and if you know your limits and you just, you know, if you just try, it, it can happen actually. Yeah, and I think for everyone it takes a little while to like get to that point. Like it's just, like, and that's what even at pretty much everyone I talk to, even thinking about myself, like it's usually like second semester where you're kind of like, okay, something's gotta change because I'm not gonna survive. Um, and you start being a little, little more flexible, um, and nicer to ourselves. So, yeah, I really like this semester a lot better than last semester. And I know each semester is going to be different, so it may be totally different, you know, after spring semester starts, but for now I feel like I'm in a, a good place. So I'm yeah, good, good weeks and hard weeks. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> so what, make room for the craziness. Yes, for sure. Um, so what do you see since you, I think it's interesting since you do have the background of like seeing your dad work in different jobs and a good amount of shadowing and then like also kind of your experience in different areas. What do you see like yourself going into or like what do you want out of your job as a PA? And did that come up at all in your interviews? Like the switch, like did they ask about like you're switching from podiatry or you're switching from teaching? Yeah, no, actually, I was surprised. I, I wasn't sure if they were going to do that as maybe a quote-unquote red flag that I was in podiatry school and I didn't, you know, finish. I didn't know what they were going to think, like, about the switch, and no one brought it up in any of the interviews, so that was fine with me. <laughs> nice. And um, the teaching did get brought up, but no one really looked at it in a negative way. I think, if anything, they saw it as a positive of something that I could add to the experience and that, you know, I can, I've learned to be a good listener and I've learned to be able to explain things in ways that can make sense to, you know, my students who were, you know, English language learners or who were small children. So I'm used to being able to do that. And I think that would suit me well when I am with my patients. And um, so thankfully that, that didn't come up either. And uh, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, no, that's interesting. I just was curious because I feel like they would ask about that, but maybe not. Um, 
Pius. And I thought maybe too, they might ask about like the gap since it had been a while since I had done some of those things like scribing and yeah. my undergrad work. And thankfully, I guess it wasn't an issue to them. So. That's what, yeah. Hey. If it doesn't come up, you just highlight the strengths and then yeah. move on. Uh, <laughs> yeah, go with it. Um, but yeah, but where do you see, like, what is your your kind of dream dream job? Or, like, what does that look like to you that you think you want to pursue? Yeah. So I know, of course, maybe it might change once I get to clinical year. But as of right now, and even before, back when I was a scribe, I had scribed in the ER and I had also scribed, like, in in like internal medicine, but it was mainly with like um, a large geriatric population in the clinic that I was at. And I just really, really fell in love with that. So I think also having shadowed with my dad who is in, you know, primary care, I really, really have a heart for just primary care, family medicine. And I know that almost is like the minority now. I feel like a lot of people I encounter, they're like, oh, I want to specialize right away. I want to be in surgery or derm or you know, in the ED, and, and I'm just really, really content with being in the clinic, building that rapport with my patients, and just, I, I don't know, so that's where I, I definitely see myself, at least to begin with, and then if I did ever get that itch to specialize, I, that's another thing about PA that I love, is that I always had that option if I did choose to do so in the future, but I genuinely would love to be in family medicine or primary care or something along those lines yeah you would be great at that um (laughs) well what so kind of to end it and then you can tell so everyone can kind of find you but what would be your advice to someone who I guess was in your shoes who was like a single parent not completely content in their job kind of wanting to move towards PA like what would your advice or reassurance be to that person Yeah, I would definitely let them know, like I feel very driven to share my story for that reason, because I know already just being a parent puts you in a minority, like not the majority of PA students are parents. And then those that are, it's like an even smaller fraction, almost non-existent, it feels like sometimes that are single parents. And so it does feel a little isolating at times. You do feel like you're the only one who's in this position, but you're not. At the end of the day, that's why I wanted to share my story to let other single parents know, like, it is possible. And obviously it's not gonna be look the same as other students who don't have families or who have that spousal support to raise the children with them, but it is possible where there's a will, there's a way. And honestly, if you just don't take no for an answer and you just keep trying and remember your why, like for me, seeing my daughter every day, like I remember, okay, this is why I'm doing it. Like, even though times may be hard and I'm like, why, why did I sign up for this again? You know? And then I remember like, no, I'm setting such a good example for her. And I'm showing her that, look, even though you're a woman, even though you're a mom, it doesn't matter. Like if you want to do something, do it, just try and see what happens because I didn't even think I could be where I am today. But if I had listened to that voice of doubt, I wouldn't be here. But because I said, you know what, I'm just gonna try anyways. And that's just what I do (laughs) every single day. I just show up and I try my best and it's been working for me so far. So 
I think your children are your biggest cheerleaders and they're really, really flexible. So I would tell them also not to be afraid that your children would, you know, resent you for spending less time with them during PA school because it will be an adjustment, but they're very flexible and they're so supportive. Like my daughter, she's like the first person I tell when I do well on an exam and she's like, yay, mommy. Oh, that's so cute. Like, yeah, she's so cute. And and she's like, I want to be a PA like mommy. It's just the greatest thing ever. Yeah, it's, it's all worth it in the end. You just have to remember that and keep pushing through and lead by example for your children and let them know like no you never stopped me from pursuing my dream if anything you motivated me to get there and and I think that as long as parents can remember that and just stay strong they can do it yeah I love your confidence in all of that I mean yeah and and that's something for everyone it's it can be a hard leap but I think at the end of the day like it's totally worth it yeah, um, for you sure. Want it, you can do it, and just don't give up because, it, of course, it is going to be a lot harder. But it'll it'll be much like it'll mean more in the end, you know, because you it was a harder path. And so I just keep looking forward to the day when I get to graduation and I can actually start practicing. And I know it's coming, and I think that hopefully I can inspire other single parents to be like, look, I'm not alone. Like, there's at least one other person. Yes. <laughs> I know at least I know at least two others. Exactly. Right. Like, just and um, hopefully that that's something that can change, and that even PA school programs will see like, oh, okay, you know, single parents are coming in and they're able to handle it, and you know, so hopefully that'll start becoming more of a normalized thing. Yeah, for sure. Well, um, thank you so much for reaching out. Where can people kind of find your connect with you? I know I have your email, but. Yeah, of course. So uh, I do actually have my PA Instagram page. So I definitely uh, keep everyone up to date on my journey there. And they can find me on Instagram. It's PA underscore Liera. So PA underscore L-E-I-R-A. That's my first name backwards, in case you're wondering. It is. As as you said, I was like, oh, okay. Yeah, people are like, is your name Ariel or Leah? There you go. Yeah, and also uh, started my own podcast uh, to kind of. Oh yes, I forgot you told me that. That is so cool. Which I'll definitely link to that. I think that is so awesome. Oh, thank you. So yeah, that the podcast um, it's available on all major podcast platforms, and it's you can search under my name Ariel Campa, or um, the title of the podcast is Becoming a PA Physician Assistant. I've got, it's still in its infancy, so we've only got maybe like 10 episodes, but I, I, I started it as another way to help other pre-PAs or new PA students by documenting along my journey of PA school. So I started with orientation week and about every week or two weeks, I make a new episode, kind of let people know what it really looks like to be in PA school in real time and that's so cool and, and advice that I learned along the way like during my journey and just kind of keep people updated on what it kind of looks like especially now with COVID being a PA student <laughs> during these yes. fun times so yeah definitely they can they can follow me on becoming a PA the podcast okay. and I just launched a website too so nice. www.becomingapa.com Okay. So, yeah, many, many ways to reach out and 
I, I would say don't hesitate to reach out if anyone wants to connect with me or if it's a single parent or just any pre-K. Yes. Well, we have lots, lots of Texas people, so I'm sure. Big <laughs> state. <laughs> Questions about Texas it's things. A lot of programs here, so that's good. But yeah, yeah, well, no, that's all awesome. I'll link to all of that in the description, and so everyone can find you and all of that. So, um, but yeah, well, thank you so much. Thank you.